and welcome to the Trash Tapes podcast as part of the Enigmatic Productions Network. If you love bad cinema and incredible deep dives into cult film, then you have come to the right place. So if you like what you hear and want to support us, you can do so by donating some funds to our Buy Me A Coffee website, along with the ACAR supporter feature. All of these can be found in the description below. And now, on with the show. It's saying like, oh, this, it, it's not like the movies, you know, but it's made exactly like the movies. Also, I feel, you do what I generally feel. I feel like the, I feel like this movie feels, it felt more like an amateur filmmaker, right, was given this money to make this movie. Mm. And instead of actually making like, it, it, even though it is a very serious training movie, it's, it, it's, it, he secretly made his own, he secretly made a demo reel. <laughs> To go yeah. and send it to people and go like, hey, I could do horror, I could do action, I could do drama, I could do comedy. You know, it's <laughs> it is excellent. But, uh, oh, I can't wait to can't, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll in get full. we'll get into it. We'll get into it now. Oh, I'm so excited. This is so good. <laughs> You are about to experience Trash Cinema. everyone and welcome to another episode of the trash tapes where one man's trash is another man's treasure i'm johan chapal the host and the inflictor of pain and i am joined here by my victim and dj edward harvey how are you doing hello i'm very well thank you i'm very excited about sharp weapons yes we have suddenly gone from a very different end of the spectrum today because um this is going to be a very interesting and very unique episode um i felt like i had to give you this one ed because Last episode we did, we did Mac and me, and you hated that so much. And I feel like we needed a palate cleanser, something very different. Yes, this was definitely like a fine sorbet. <laughs> Compared to the junk food that was last episode, to the to, to the cuisine of this one. And this this one's got, so, there's, there's so many things we've ticked off this box just by doing this movie alone. And what, and what movie is it? Actually, here's the thing. It's not technically a movie, isn't it? It's technically a training video. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are going to be doing the infamous Surviving Edged Weapons. From the beginning, man has possessed the attributes of the animal. And from his human inventiveness came weapons that could puncture and slash his enemy's flesh. The first step is to become aware that edged weapon attacks often occur in unlikely situations. Often when you're distracted or not expecting them at all. Certain movements leave little doubt about intent. This represents imminent danger for sure. Problem. There is no problem here. And you can go. Nobody call. Let me see your hands except from the court. With this, an offender can control at least 150 feet. Yeah. Ladies, 
If sweep and disengage is not possible, you want to employ the principle of gun. Accept the fact that you may get caught. You will bleed and feel pain. Gradually, man created a knife culture, which has changed very little as it has cut its way through time. In my mind, I'm never going to die in no ghetto. So I knew nothing about this. Mm. It's one you just you just like presented to me, like you know we've got to do this. It's going to be hilarious. And the only thing I know about it is I know that Red Letter Media yes. has done a video on it, and I haven't. I've seen a bit of that video, mm. but like I, I know that's how a lot of people know about it, isn't mm. it? Uh, basically, mm. um, this move, this, this this training video uh, actually just sort of came in a collection because um, Red Letter Media do a fantastic show, by the way, called The Better the Worst, which is kind of realist. Is kind of, to be honest, the main influence for this show, except it's, yeah. it's, except for us actually going in and having the wheel of the worst or anything, or, or the Kingto machine, or the way they randomly select movies. We, I just pick one out of the shelf and go, "Here you go." We're watching this one, and this was probably the first time most people have ever heard of it. In fact, this was the first time they ever heard of it. It was so like underground, no one knew a thing about it for decades. This was mm. primarily just a training video for police officers in the eighties and nineties, uh, based around uh, and, and usually for um, for the USA and for Canada as well. Has been used for that, yeah, but. There is something a little bit more special about this, isn't it? It's not just your typical documentary. Oh, no. There is something very unique about this, isn't there? Oh, certainly. It's it's definitely like the filmmaker is sort of going for gold here. <laughs> he was given just this one choice. Dennis Anderson, who is the director of this, of this wonderfully fine piece... I looked at him and it turns out this is the only thing he's ever done, at least technically credited on IMDb. He might have done other stuff, but I, we, we, it's, it's not properly credited for it. But if this is his only movie, well done, mate, for kicking it so out of the park on your first attempt. Well, the way I see it is why do any more? You've perfected what you wanted to do in life. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, it's reaching the point, like it's, it's, to him and his standards and everything else, it's like, nothing can top this. Why make another? So, yeah, I mm. feel like it makes sense. For anyone who's kind of wondering what the heck this is, well, basically, Surviving Edge Weapons is a 1988 American-Canadian production. This is a documentary, basically a training video on how to how to survive from edge-based attacks. So we're talking about not just knives, but anything with, with a sharp edge, which, uh, mm. as we go through, we realise... There's a lot. Um, so everything, so basically it's how to survive it. And it's trained straight-faced, at least it seems to be straight-faced and serious to new police officers, right? But what puts it over the edge, and the reason why this is the uh, one of the perfect trash movies, is because it goes beyond what's ever expected from a training movie. Because look, we, I mean, this is the thing, Ed. You and I, we're from the we're from the era of PSAs, right? So yeah, the those videos we used to get in school about don't go near electric fences or don't go don't go and do this, don't drink and drive. You've seen those, yeah? Yeah. Well, there was also 
when I was a kid, I remember TV shows like Nine Nine Nine, where they just used to recreate like a like a, a an accident or something like that with actors. Yeah, uh, and it's similar. And th- this movie kind of does that, but it goes like Hollywood with it. It does. So attempt, at least attempts to anyway. It does. It, and, and some of them very attempted, very well, very well executed. Because yeah, what it does here is the the reenactments are beyond what's expected. When I think of this, I used to I I thought of those the British PSAs were terrifying in the 80s like the ones that used to scare children like the one I remember the most is don't go near electric fences which is yeah. um or it's anything involving electricity where a kid would go into like where all the pylons are it's like hey my kite's up there and he would get he would touch it he would literally fry to a crisp in detail and you see all the gore and bits from it and say like don't go near pylons like holy shit when uh when i think about it actually tv adverts used to have some funny ones as well Mm. like there used to be one for british gas yes we really ought to go more often yeah brian i can smell gas if you smell gas there are five points to remember and then he, kind of, he looks around the entire house. He's this guy who's got like a bit of a fro and a, like a thick moustache, like a cool 80s guy. Yeah. And he sort of looks round. And then there's a bit where he, he's about to light up a cigarette and thinks, oh, no, I shouldn't do that. Yeah. And then as soon as the wife is about to switch the light on, he goes, no! Like that. And that's when the advert ends. <laughs> oh, oh, those are amazing. It's See, this is the thing that I feel this this movie is doing to a point in comparison to other bits as well, basically, is that it's using the idea of fear tactics, but also trying mm. to train you into how to avoid that. Well, you know, the PSAs in Britain and things like 999, true crime, all this kind of stuff, they want to scare you from doing crime or scare you from doing silly things that are dangerous, right? To the point there's like they would show everything or they would or they would do over elaborate things so they could say like don't do that just don't <laughs> i don't know about you though if i watched this and i it was a time where i wasn't finding it funny i was taking it seriously i'd be scared to leave the the the, the house i know <laughs> this this movie um this movie has really it's 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 wonderfully paranoid I think what this director's done in a way to keep it authentic is they used they, 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 this movie's peppered in with interviews of the police officers, but this is but all the but the majority of the police officers actually are in reenactments, which is quite nice, uh, but also quite traumatizing. I think because if you mm. are talking about oh we're going to reenact the time that you got horribly stabbed multiple times, you're like saying do you want to be in it? It's just like, do you want me to relive this trauma? <laughs> Yeah, that is crazy. I, I would, I would just do the interview yeah. if I was, uh, if I was in that situation. Yeah, because because there, there were some that weren't in there, thank goodness. But there were clearly a few of them. Like there are a few of the characters that are reenacted and are brought in there. Now, an interesting fact about this is that this was shot. Like, I want to ask you something before we move on and actually go into the movie because there isn't a lot of there isn't a lot of trivia about this film really because it is. This is this is how cult this movie is. There's not a lot of detail. Besides, it's not really, like I said, it's not a movie. It's a training video. And no one really keeps records of training videos, if you know what I mean. No. Um, yeah, there is an IMD, IMDb, but it's quite limited, isn't it? Yeah, and I've been going around trying to find anything to scrap onto, but there is quite literally very, very little. Now, 
The thing is, the crew was Canadian, apparently, but a lot of this was shot in Milwaukee, which basically is in Wisconsin. So it's so this kind of explains one thing about the movie, which I'm not sure if you got footage of or you got like anything of. But the accents in this movie are all over the shop. Oh yeah, I love the. It's like it's it's definitely a Wisconsin accent, isn't yeah. it? Like a lot of the. It's a very unusual kind of. Uh, the little twang on some of the words. Yeah. Uh, but I, 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 I can play you an example. Go for it. Shut your engine off. What the fuck do you want? I want to see your driver's license. What for? I said, I'm only a black from home. Why don't you let me go? Look, I just want to see your driver's license. Oh, Christ. I got it in here somewhere. <laughs> it's in the car. I'll get it. Here's my license. Why don't you come and get it? <laughs> so, like, the, uh, the, uh, the potential attacker there yeah. has got a very interesting twang. Yeah. <laughs> it basically is all combination of Wisconsin and Canadian accents all just merged together <laughs> to create this amalgamation of a, a, a very particular time in America, a very, very late 80s, but very, but not, not even like America as a whole, because this is not even looking at like LA crime or New York crime or, or Florida crime. No, it's looking at a very niche part of the Mid-Eastern a continent so yeah which I, I personally i found it great because it showed us it showed some of the the majority of the uh of of the accents the looks that people are wearing the outfits are very distinct <laughs> oh yeah totally there's i remember one uh scene uh fairly near the end of the movie yeah where the guy is wearing like colourful like sh- shorts, a bright sort of yellow t-shirt, mm. like a a weird kind of wig and sunglasses, almost like you know a silly disguise you'd get from a fancy dress shop. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's probably what they did with the costuming. There's the thing though. Um, I'm just having a look at the minute. There is there there, there has there, there must clearly have been a budget for this, right? Um, it's, it doesn't really show it, but the budget. I feel like the budget for this movie must have been fairly fairly decent because of the amount of the amount of uh production value the amount of blood the amount of visual of visual effects the amount of everything is there and i kind of love how they put all this stuff into it but then there's a couple of shots you're going you've run out of money haven't you yeah you've run out yeah, of money. it's definitely a lot of the practical effects yeah where you could see there was money in that you know yeah they've definitely put effort into like all the squibs all the blood all the all, all, all to make it look as realistic as possible but then there is a guy who just who's got the shittiest wig <laughs> yes oh it's fantastic now, just to kind of say, this uh, the production company for it is called is basically Caliber Press. Now, Caliber Press are a are a Canadian based company, but they've also done other doc. They, they've done they haven't done a lot in terms of like movies that come out with it. But they've they, this company technically has made another documentary. But you know how, you know how long it was between that documentary uh, between the Surviving Edge Weapons and the last documentary. Uh, no idea. Ten years? Oh, it's about two thousand and five. So right. they have they, so basically they must have been sitting there waiting, going like, you know, we just we did surviving edge weapons so well. We don't need to do another one. And then finally things are waiting on going, we can't live off those laurels of surviving edged weapons. We can't <laughs> we can't have to do more, buddy. So we're gonna have to do another one. And this one's not even well known. It's it's it's, it's not well known. It's, it's it's it doesn't even seem to have a plot synopsis on IMDb, which saddens me a bit. But uh yeah, it shows that this is so 
underground that there is barely any info on it. But when I found this out, and then when I watched it, this is the reason why I had to give it to you. Because this has no right to be as good as it is. And so we need, we're going to go into it now. We're going to go right into it and analyze this movie step by step to, to figure out why at some point it is secretly one of the best movies I think ever made. So <laughs> definitely. Well, I've got a clip from the right of the intro yeah. because the movie starts off like an epic, like some kind of like 2001 space odyssey, like the dawn of man. Let's hear this. Go for it. From the beginning, man has possessed the attributes of the animal. Speed, power, dynamic movement, the instinct to exploit the weakness of his prey. And from his human inventiveness came weapons that could puncture and slash his enemy's flesh. So there we are. That's mm. like basically describing... There's a, in that scene, there's like a caveman. Yeah. And he's just cooking up some meat, but he's also... There's a guy, like another caveman, that's kind of sneaking up on him, isn't there? Yeah, this is the weird thing. Okay, yeah. it's The movie starts off not with like a police officer saying be careful of knives, you know, something you'd expect. No, it starts off with trying, trying its best anyway to have a history lesson. It starts off with the cavemen and saying like, you know, knives have been around since the dawn of man. That's literally (laughs) what it was trying to do. By the way, props to the narrator in this movie. Uh, His name is, his name is Ronald Roland. What a name. What? It, it just didn't have interest. Yeah. Do you know what other credits he's got? Because he sounds like the narrator of like Street Hawk or something. He, he had a very distinct voice, but no, he is quite literally only seems to be at least credited for surviving edge weapons. It sounds like 80s TV narrator, like yeah. badass 80s TV narrator, like who would be like an opening title sequence of like a badass TV show in the 80s. Oh, 100%. And again, that's why I thought of Street Hawk. More budget to him. Where they go, when it got this guy said right you sound perfect do the voiceover for this it makes it sound far more like action movie epic than it should ever have any right to be it should just be it, it should have just been like a, a guy with a police a police officer guy going and now since uh, uh you know you know knives um it's just uh just worse isn't it like you think you, you think it should be half-assed but no it's so it's the narrator round of applause to him yeah definitely he's, he's such a just such a badass. Basically, it starts off with the cavemen, right? And the cavemen are the cavemen look goofy as balls, though, because they do clearly they, they didn't know how to dress them. No, they didn't have the budget. We, as we said earlier, they didn't have the budget for like costume and stuff like that. They spent it all on the uh, on the squibs. <laughs> Yeah, which it literally starts off with this one caveman just doing his thing. And then the other guy, uh, and then so he says like, and the narrator is basically saying since the dawn of man, people have been using, uh, you know, edged weapons to protect themselves. And so you see one caveman doing a spear. It's like, yeah, no, no, this is my thing. This is my thing. I take this. Unga bunga, basically. Mm. But it, it, no words are said. He just goes, uh, 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 loads of grunts, yeah. right? And then the other guy, Build a, has a fucking shiv, basically. <laughs> yeah. And then it kind of, so it kind of uh, goes from that scene to modern day, doesn't it? And it kind of yeah. shows you a similar situation, but with like a, a drug kind of switch, doesn't it? Yeah. I've got yeah. a clip from that. 
Go for oh, it. Oh, man, no money, no shit. I oh, man, five minutes. Oh, fuck you, man. <laughs> Listen to that music. It's like it's like a horror movie. Like, yeah, this is this is why I want to play some of these clips because you get that synth dread and then you get like a lot of like uh, high synth as well, like, you, you know, stabbing synth like you got in like, horror movies at the time. And then you hear mm. all these terrible like groaning noises. Pro- and then not only that, the visual, you see like penetration of blades and stuff like that. It is very, yes. very violent and horrible. <laughs> Oh my god! The the first time you watch it, you see. First of all, you see uh, the very beginning, right at the very beginning, you see the caiman being stabbed. And the thing is, when you see them being penetrated, some of them are in horrible places. Like the caiman gets stabbed very near the groin, right? Yeah. And that made me wince. <laughs> and then there's bits in the hand, and then and it's horrible. And uh, and then it says like, and this was the birth of a knife culture, which is like that's so hardcore and terrifying. And then it cuts to this, and then again, it's nasty. There's blood splat all over the floor. Clearly, you don't see it. You don't see a guy like being gutted but it looks like he is because he's being stabbed and looks like he's being wrecked across like jesus this is just two minutes in i know but it didn't remind some of these like uh scenes these violent scenes did they remind Mm. you of like exploitation movies a hundred percent yeah which is crazy because this isn't meant to be anything like that this is meant to be like a realistic movie and they're trying to go for realism but it looks more like they're exploiting the violence rather than showing you a real kind of uh, situation i feel like it's kind of a weird balance Mm. it's 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 not it's not a hundred percent glorifying it, right? It is looking quite realistic to the point that a lot of the actions, whether sometimes we laugh or not, some of them made me wince. Oh yeah, but, totally, uh, yeah. Totally, but uh, but then there's some moments where I'm thinking this is just like any horror movie, any action film. Even sometimes I even argue better than some horror movies and some action movies have done this before. And you're thinking, whoa, you're you're both excited. And in a state of flux because you're thinking I shouldn't be I shouldn't be going whoa to this yeah. but because this is horrific but at the same time you're going whoa that's really well done yeah it is, it is amazing yeah uh, it's all uh, the funny thing as well is like they ha- you have this really horrible scene like let's say at the beginning with the drug bust right you're having him getting stabbed all over the place right and everything else and then and then suddenly right afterwards you have this horrible synth music and then you cut back to the narrator and the narrator then just says like did you see that this is the facts and it gives you just a whole bunch of facts about saying like how 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 often a police officer get, gets stabbed or how often or how often knife crimes can lead to death or horrible injury and then you go like and then you feel this is where i feel guilty because i just went whoa look at that and then going oh 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 i forgot this is real <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah it is that weird conflicting in your mind when you're watching it but it is some of these uh reenactments that are so hilarious like i love the it leads on it gets after that bit after a little bit yeah. of time it, it leads on to unusual places you wouldn't expect like there's a guy who knocks on the door remember the uh, and there's a guy hiding there and he sees uh, uh, you see inside of the uh, house and there's a bloody broadsword there (laughs) let's play that play it police department got the horror movie music i got a warrant for you in this show, you, just, you see the chair and then you just see the broadsword right behind him. And so basically what's <laughs> happening there 
Wait till it stops. <laughs> so what's happening there is he, he knocks on the door and then you see inside and you see the sword there and he's kind of, the, the guy's looking at the sword and he's thinking, shall I? And then he goes up to the sword and basically <laughs> he, he opens the door a crack and the sword yeah. just goes through the crack in the door and through into the police officer. And it's like... I know! And then he's shooting out going like, oh my God, I've been stabbed by a broadsword! Which it basically shows that obviously the last thing you'd ever expect when you open a door, whether a police officer or not, is have a guy with a fucking broadsword at the ready. It, it, yes, broadsword is a collector's item, but you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't expect someone to have it. This movie tells you, don't think like that, you pussy. There were everyone and everyone has a knife of some sort. You better be ready. Like a fucking broadsword. <laughs> like, like, like some kind of knight. <laughs> The interview segments kind of creep in, don't they? Like around yeah. about sort of this sort of time. And we introduced to James Phillips, who is absolutely the, like the best. He's the best. He's the, he steals every like bit of the movie. And let's just he hear is. what he has to say about knife crime right at the beginning stages of the movie. The basic perception if you get into a knife attack is there's going to be one single thrust. You're going to cleanly and effectively block it. And that's going to be the end of it. You're going to apply a little bit of your academy taught self-defense you're going to bend that knife out of his hand and arrest a bad guy, and that's the end. It doesn't work that way, sports fans. <laughs> Things go from bad to horrible real quick. Right away, you're in deep shit. You're in bad shape. You're in a bad place. Faster than you ever perceive it happening to you. I oh love God. the sports fans. He's like, he's literally, he wants to be like a sports commentator, doesn't he, this guy? <laughs> the, the fact, it's also the fact that he basically saw us sitting there, right, and he is... He's standing there and he's quite literally got the coldest face, right? Like he's, he is like the most serious character, the serious, most serious person in the whole movie because he will say it bluntly and he will say it not only to your face, but he will say it and shout it at you. It almost feels like that because the entire time he's, he's got this sort of white blonde hair and he's got this gaze as he's staring into your face, into your eyes, like he's seen shit, like he's some kind of weird Vietnam vet. I know, but he's such like, I'm, I'm assuming that everything he's saying is true. He's not like, he's not yeah. sort of exaggerating. And he, he just seems like a really, really tough bastard that you want yeah. on your side, basically. <laughs> In this movie, yeah, I want him on my side 100%. If this well, if, if I had to go into the Surviving Edge weapons well, I need him yeah. up and ready. I need him in my squad. Because holy hell. Because there are loads of other interviews with the coppers, but they're more like, they're actually, this is the thing, everyone there is quite sympathetic, right? They're all talking about, uh, they're talking about their, their, their like injuries or their accidents um and what's interesting as well is that the the movie goes through a whole spectrum of police officers so it isn't just like white men there's also women there's also there's also black police officers there are there seem to be uh uh latino police officers everyone's sort of there sharing their um sharing their their, their stories and it's very sympathetic oh yeah totally. and then and then James shows up. And he just says like, and he just basically says like, "These are shit. This is horrendous. Knife crime's the worst. Get get prepared, bitches." It's quite, it's quite a stark it's contrast. Obvious, it's almost like they put him in there to be the tough one that isn't going to be blubbering on camera. It's like it's like balancing yeah. it out, isn't it? That's what they say. <laughs> This leaves one of my favorite bits where basically you got, you got one of the, basically it seems to be just like a regular pull up, right? So the officer, so it's just pulling him on the side of the road. 
I'm thinking when I saw this, I was in shock. I've got a clip of the bit you're talking about. The traffic stop. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, let's play that. Play that. Because you're somewhere. No problem. Something with your photo, name on it, they'll be fine. (laughs) A lot of these are horrific sounds, so we're going to have to describe what's happening. But basically, it's a traffic stop, and the police officer goes right up to the, the, the car window... And yeah. asks for his license. You heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he reaches for the license, he basically just stabs him with a sharp object in the face. That's what happened in that scene. Through the cheek. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> is it, is it a little knife or is it something else? Because like, it's well, leading well, I, into I, the the bit where it's listing the weird sharp weapons, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's a small. It's. it's I think it's a very small knife. Mm. I think it's just a regular knife, but it's very tiny. Um, but it stabs, it stabs him through the cheek. Uh, you don't see him popping out of the other, but it goes through the cheek and he's like, oh my God. And this is the thing. They show this and you're thinking, God, that's, uh, oh, that's over the top. That didn't happen. It immediately cuts to an example of that happening. Yeah. This is like <laughs> a where, real life it's, example. It's again, like you said earlier, it kind of makes you feel f- bad about laughing then, doesn't it? But it, <laughs> you can't help it. Because it's, it's, it. an, it's an extreme, like, like vi- display of violence that would naturally kind of, that shock makes you laugh. Yeah. 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 And, and so then it cuts, and then by that point, then we'll cut to real life photos. This is the thing. This movie's peppered in with real life photos of injuries and stuff like that and, and crime. And even, and I'm, I'm not even sure if there's dead bodies or at least bodies of people through surgery and stuff like that to kind of show this is what knife crime can do to you. Right. But, and an example of this is right after that sequence, it cuts to what clearly is a, a stop. And then someone's, and then the, the narrator's saying like, this man did the exact same thing. He got stabbed several times and nearly lost a kidney. I'm like, wow, dude. Oh, I was just enjoying that moment. And now I've got completely derailed. I know. And it, it, so basically it wants you to prepare you for for what could be out there in terms of, of types of knives. So it kind of lists yeah. like the butterfly knife and, uh, yeah. you know, if you, like a flick knife, things like that. But then it goes what on to... Uh, list mm. all kinds of weird things, which it, it ends up being hilarious. And again, you wouldn't think it would be hilarious, but let's just listen to some of these. Go for it. There's also hidden danger in this lipstick tube, popular with prostitutes. <laughs> also sold on the open market is this key that opens into a knife. <laughs> and this bear claw necklace. Adding to the threat are a host of improvised weapons. Sunglasses that can be flicked to poke out your eyes. <laughs> Jesus! Fish hooks hidden in earrings or stuck through pant legs to rip your fingers on a pat down. Hoops oh with protruding spikes. A baseball cap with razor blades <laughs> sewn to the back, hilarious. which can be swung by the bill to cut your face. <laughs> Even something like this mace made by a teenager with lead and spikes in his Jesus. workshop. Yet it's easy to forget the possibility of being confronted by one of these. Isn't it? It is. But uh, basically, <laughs> the, when it gets towards the end of the list, like the baseball cap and stuff, you, you, you're kind of thinking, no, you're having this on now. That's just, you're just being silly. Like, there is, I've never, it has ne- to be. But, but like, another thing that I, would, uh, I had to cover on is the fact that, yeah. I was going on earlier about like the violence, like an exportation film, but there also yeah. seems like there's 
exploitation like sort of sex kind of sequences because when they talk about the pendant that could be a knife it just shows yeah. a big pair of boobs on screen yes <laughs> assuming that basically this is the kind of thing that prostitutes usually would wear <laughs> like this thing's there with prostitutes with big boobs there is there's so many different kinds of improvised weapons and some bits are like with for, on the neck of a woman or a neck or something it's really bizarre right but the whole thing with the weird weapon list is just that the thing is, and this is scary to a point, like you've heard of some of these, right? But you've always thought they were like rumor. Like, for example, like getting, like having a, um, having a driver's license, for example, but then put, then putting a razor blade on the edge so you can just swipe at any moment. Or, or the, the one that surprised me is the lighter. There is a lighter that's also a pocket knife that launches out of the front of the lighter. I know, it's like sort of James Bond gadgets, right? We're going to get into that category. You know, do you know what it feels like more? It feels like assassin's creed the video game yeah where everything just kind of feels like everything could be everything you can conceal a knife under is no longer just in the sleeves you can put it anywhere and it goes more and more and more and it to the point like i said i found it funny but then the fact that these are not fake photographs these are real examples maybe some of it's even evidence you're yeah. thinking going like christ on a bike Really? Um, looking back at this, though, I actually I did a little bit of research on this. Half of those kind of nice concealments now are illegal. Thank God for that. You can't buy those anymore. And if you do, it's officially an illegal object anyway. So you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, because thank God. In the 80s, you could pretty much order that stuff from a magazine, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, you can do it. You can get it. You, you, you can do anything, basically. <laughs> the, <laughs> the thing is, the thing that we have to understand, because we. we because there's not a lot of evidence to to like back this movie up, I am hoping uh, we have to run on the assumption that a lot of this is either a lot of this must have happened at some point, mm. like the baseball cap thing. Someone must have made that in order for that to ever be an example. I know what the thing is. Uh, I always think that. Be- just because what they have one example of that happening, they think, oh, you've yeah. got to be prepared for this because it has happened. But it's like there may have just been that one time and that's it. You'd never get a guy with razor blades on his baseball cap again. That is madness. Yeah, that could be it. <laughs> this guy trying to be like a, like this guy trying to be like a, a cheap odd job, just trying <laughs> to flick his hat around. But yeah, it's like, I, I feel like they, I think again, because it's a training video, right? Um, it's trying to show, it, it wants to show you that anything can happen, right? It wants to get you prepared. But I feel like even the the most extreme examples are really pushing it, right? Or are we so out of the loop as being non-police officers that we don't, we, that we never stumble across this? But you see police officers, oh, oh, it's like, oh, I've seen that one just last week. It's like, really? Well, that's the thing. I, I reckon, especially in America, if you you laughed at like you were saying, like, oh, no one's has has razor blade or like lipstick knives and stuff, and like they'd be like, yeah, I saw one last week. <laughs> Shortly after, we we get to like talking about domestic calls and being yes. wary about potential attackers at a domestic situation, and that scene yeah. is hilarious. Let's play that. One circumstance where you can anticipate edged weapons is the disturbance call. Police department! Do you watch all the people who may be at the scene? Do you stay aware of everything around you that could be a weapon? Everything! 
Jesus Christ! <laughs> this is horrendous. Right, yeah, I'm sure you know which scene that is, Yeah. So do you want to describe that one? Okay, so this is a, this is this scene happens somewhere in the middle of the movie where you've got the domestic violence scene, right? So it says like one of the most common places that you're more likely to have someone with an edged weapon is during a domestic, right? Mm. Because there's, there's arguments, things can get very heated. You're not sure who has that or whatever, and so on. So you've got these two police officers going in and they're talking to what clearly is maybe along the lines of the boyfriend and girlfriend or the husband and wife or whatever, right? But one of the things they really bring up is the idea that uh, you really need to scan your surroundings because are you sure that who you're communicating is the only one left in the house? Mm. Are you sure that they are actually the cause of the disturbance, right? Yeah. Stuff like that. And so and, and, and th- th- there's a quote here from the, um, from, the, um, uh, from the narrator that pretty much sums it up, right? It says, Many civilians do live on the fringe of the knife culture. They're influenced by movies that glorify the blade, heroes that build confidence in fighting back against the bad guy. <laughs> Stuff like that. And so this leads to a bit where suddenly there is a third person in the room, because we never saw it. Even the camera doesn't see it. They do it on purpose, right? And then suddenly the third comes in with what clearly is some kind of mini kind of like a butcher knife, right? Which like a clear, proper butcher a cleaver like a meat cleaver yes and then he goes in whoppa right in the middle of his head so you've got this meat cleaver hanging at the top of his head of, of this police officer and it looks disgusting yeah and you hear like the wife like scream and it's basically it reminded me so much of like jason Voorhees, like a, a friday the 13th kill yeah oh my god it totally does it is it's it's horrific it's and this is the thing where yeah blurs the lines a bit or whether you think this is exploitation or trying to show you a realistic injury because like I said right after this it, it doesn't cut to example with a man with a cleaver in his head but it does show to examples of really horrible cuts and showing you how deep certain things are which I'm not sure we've talked about this but this leads to one of my favorite people in the entire movie right. This is the martial artist, the martial arts expert, yeah. the guy who comes, the fucking ninja with a knife. And he he basically is the guy that goes to when to tell you, like, this is what happens when you have a knife, someone who's an expert with knives, playing with knives. And he's a fucking ninja. Yeah, I mean, I haven't got any clips of him because it's all, like, visual. He's, like, he just, yeah, like, doing, like, some cool, like, swipings with a knife and stuff. A lot a lot of whooshing and whipping, yeah. right? Okay. All right, so his name is Leo Gage Jr., right? Mm. All right, so it's Leo Gage Jr., right? And he is a genuine martial artist. He's a knife expert, but he's also a martial artist in a sort of the uh, Paketti Tariski Kali fighting style. So he's actually a genuine martial artist, right? Yeah. So he comes in and just goes in, and literally, he's just based, he's just there to go and say, this is what happens if you have someone who is very well-trained with a knife. And half the time, he is like... <laughs> And it's just, Jesus Christ. The bit with him that really made me laugh is like, there's one where it cuts back to him and he's literally 
for some reason, for that one scene, he's got a white headband on, so he's kind of like just changed yes. his wardrobe a bit, and he just he, he moves his arms like that, like he's dancing, and it's like a perfect scene <laughs> where you could just put music to it because he looks like he's yes. not swiping a knife; he's just literally doing having a little boogie. <laughs> he looks like if you put some disco music on and change the knife to some rave sticks, you've totally got some boogie going on. He, he, he's so he's, he moves so fast, yeah. you couldn't even tell. One of my favorite bits, though, is one thing I've noticed right with him though is that he, he's a fantastic example of saying this is how quick you can just stab someone right and how you can puncture someone in the chest or whatever right it just it's so quick right but the only thing i've noticed there what it boils down to is half his moves are basically just stabbing a man in the crotch yeah. <laughs> it's just like a hundred times just in the crotch it's like you just like the uh, the worst day of your life wouldn't it <laughs> There's this bit where they're they're showing you about unusual sort of situations. I mean, they did talk about this a lot in the movie, but like there's Mm. a scene. Remember the scene where a guy's going through a metal detector? And yes. He just he, 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 it's like basically you expect the unexpected, and he, but it's mm. so hilarious because it's a really calm scene, and then he just mm. goes nuts. Let's listen to this. Officers who fall victim to edged weapons usually commit at least one critical error, like misreading what could be a weapon or misjudging the subject. Mm. Let's try it again this time. Why don't you leave the pens in the tray before you come through? Sure. I'm not leaving my pens. I'm going to use them. Likely individual who has the best chance of harming you. But it's like the reason why I find it funny is it reminds me of like crazy cartoon bad guys that are kind of totally unreasonable that you can't expect. A bit like bad guys in eighties action movies, like in Death Wish and stuff like that. It reminds me of like I'm so bad. I'm just going to kill these guys in the middle of like a. courtroom like <laughs> well not a courtroom but like he's but they're basically a courthouse aren't they and he's he's yeah yeah that's what's happening there and he just randomly attacks the police officer there this on the metal detector <laughs> it's her it's it's one it's a cool scene but you're sitting there going that is horrendous say hello to a new era of mental health care Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The first half of the film, realistically, like the first 40 minutes is basically telling, is basically almost fear-mongering, almost, right? It's basically scaring you because yeah. the whole point is trying to tell you is anything can be a knife, anyone could hold a knife, any 
anywhere can have knives. Everything's a knife, right? So there's loads of examples of people taking out knives or whatever and et cetera, et cetera, right? And it almost then leads about, uh, this leads about 40, this is about 45 minutes through the movie, basically, or 45 minutes of, of basically saying, these are knives, these are accidents, this is stuff. And the good thing is it gets, to, then it starts getting to some more, some of the more interesting stuff for me, but also some of the more over the top situations. Mm. Like, um, there's a bit which I found quite fascinating, actually, which is the idea of distance and how far you can protect yourself from a stabbing attack. Yeah, I've got got a a few clips of the reaction time segment of the film because is again, is a hilarious sort of example of what it might be. You've got to expect that someone might charge uh, at yes. you like they, they could be in the distance but don't be afraid if they're charging you basically you've still got to be have your wits about you kind of thing and be ready for it but listen yeah. to how listen to th- this i'll just play it yeah to overcome it. these suspect advantages it is crucial that you read danger cues in behavior and body language hey mm. back in the alley what's the problem Certain movements leave little doubt about intent. This represents imminent danger for sure. But many officers who become knife victims are so startled by a sudden charge that they freeze up. So, yeah, he's, he's just waiting in an alley, that guy. And she, she yeah. approaches him and... And uh, but he rather he doesn't he doesn't want to talk back he just wants to charge with a machete. <laughs> the guy takes out a machete out of nowhere. We don't know why. We don't know why his reasons there. We have no background, right? So he just comes out with a machete, charging like he's in some kind of, kind of fucking like 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 he's an extra or brave heart. <laughs> he's about to flip in, just just literally slash this female police officer. Now, there are some moments throughout the movie where you kind of sit in there where you think of the police officers, look, I understand you always have to look out for suspicious activity, but there are some moments you saw going around thinking, the police officers just being a little bit of a dick, going, oi, what are you doing there standing around doing nothing? <laughs> but then, but now we know, adding to the fear mongering, anyone standing around doing nothing could also have a dangerous weapon. Yeah. Oh my God. And after the, the, the charge kind of like uh, moment, there's yeah. a, a, an educational moment about like d- distance, like you talked about, and it was mm. it was like it kind of shows this overhead view of like the ideal kind of reaction time you need to attack, like when someone's yes. going for you, and it ends up it, it gets further and further until like it gets to twenty one <laughs> feet. Apparently, is the ideal distance, and they're like tiny on the screen because they're so far away. It's like what kind of situation so would you be able to create that distance? I've got a clip of yeah. it. Tests with hundreds of officers reveal that in most cases, a minimum reactionary gap of 21 feet is required to react and deliver at least two rounds and to have enough time to move out of the attacker's path. (laughs) But yeah, they're in this huge open space and they're tight. They have to go so far back into a big wide shot because they're really far apart. (laughs) Because it's 21 feet. That's far. Right? Because it, it, it starts off with, okay, right, because the thing I found, actually found quite fascinating beforehand, because again, this is an educational tool. So I actually found some of this really kind of interesting. Yeah. Right? I was kind of engrossed. This bit I found really interesting. The idea of that there is a certain amount of distance that gives your body enough time to react to certain things.
things. Before then, you actually saw some poli- genuine police officers not being informed like an untrained video, kind of like an untrained training exercise, you know, like it's unrehearsed, mm. right? So you go in and say, right, there's someone here in a, wa- in, in a warehouse with a very, acting very suspicious with, um, with, with a briefcase, right? So you're going in and the police officers have to go in and try and figure out what's happening, you know, disarm the situation, keep it calm, right? It made me laugh a little bit how often the police officers have failed miserably at doing that. At least they may, they must have cut, they must have selected all the rubbish ones because half the time they're trying, they're, they're panicking. They're trying to pull out a gun. Like, oh no, there's a knife in my way. And they all just fall. And then some of them get run out of the fucking room. I know. Well, they go, they walk so far up to them. They're like almost kissing them. Like they're so close to them. Yeah. They would have no time to react. Exactly. And the thing is, and this is very much an American thing. I feel a lot of the time. Uh, they will instantly try to respond with direct force, mm. which means they will try and take out their gun, yeah. right? But when the guy is literally like an inch away from you, there is no time to pull out a gun and shoot, right? And this is what this whole thing is. It starts off with like, if someone's literally a foot away from you, no way, you can't defend yourself. Don't ever be that close to the situation. You can't be that close, yeah. right? Then it moves to five feet and says, you can't shoot a gun in five feet, but if you are fast enough, you could try and disarm them using phys- using your using physical force, so using your arms or yeah. doing whatever, like trying to deflect, using martial arts, basically, right? At 10 feet, at 10 feet, the only way you can disarm, a, you can actually use a gun on them is if your gun was already out and ready to shoot, <laughs> Right, so it's it's basically saying, right, the only way for you to survive this encounter this way is you have to go in already preparing to shoot them even before they attack you. I know when they share that example, it's almost like a cowboy shooting from the hip, isn't it? It's like the guns out already, and they just shoot it without aiming. They're like, it's 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 like a it's like a it's like a standoff at high noon. Oh God. And then, and then it says at 15 feet, at 15, and then it says at 15 feet. Okay. At 15 feet, you have to have at least your gun held to your side at the ready in order to give you enough time to move and to shoot two bullets at them. Right. And then it's 21 feet, like we mentioned, where 21 feet's a long ass fucking distance. Yeah. That is long. That's longer than you think. And so you think of going like, that is so far away. How are, how are you ever? going to have someone in how when, when are you going to be in a situation where you're going to get ready to shoot someone from 21 feet away i know it's it's, it's this is thing i think but this is a, a common thing with training videos not just this kind of video but mm. I, i've seen training videos uh in the past where it says like well this is the ideal situation but when you actually put that kind of when you put that into practice in mm. in the workplace you never get the chance to do it like they say you, you need it needs to be done and that that's that's the same for any training video i think <laughs> exactly yeah exactly one of the things that it shows is it always shows you the ideal scenario yeah right but for example in that case when are you ever going to be what literally seems to be like in a parking lot mm. to be that far away to get ready to shoot to shoot the someone running running at you with a knife but at the same time no one at 21 feet, realistically, other than the machete guy, clearly, is going to run at you with a knife. Yeah, talking, it's just, <laughs> talking to the machete guy, he doesn't just appear yeah. once. They're still, still in this segment. They go on to mention him again. Let's see that bit. The rule remains. Distance is your best defense unless adequate cover is available. 
Once you see the attacker, create a reactionary gap by enforcing voice commands or by using the unexpected. Or consider full-scale disengagement. Basically, mm. consider full-scale disengagement because basically when they have charging man in that situation, they're basically saying, you'd be better off just fucking off, mate. So like, she gets in yeah. the car and just drives off and then the charging <laughs> yeah. man is left standing there going... Oh, <laughs> like looking disappointed. Yeah, yeah. again, that's actually, to me, I found quite interesting because, you know, the, the, the whole idea, especially in movies, that a lot, a lot of coppers are supposed to be like, we stand our ground, we will, we will take defence. No, they've actually said, look, sometimes there are some scenarios that it's just better to fuck off. Yeah. And, and come back at it later. And also, because we were saying about, like, the crazy distance <laughs> you need, like the ideal reaction yeah. time, and we're thinking... Usually with a training video, it would show you the ideal situation, but that it wouldn't show you an alternative. But this this film actually does, because there's situations where when you haven't got that kind of distance, it says create a barrier and things like that. So there's a bit where there's a woman's got a knife and it's a d- another domestic situation. And yeah. he gets her to move to the side where there's a, like a metal f- like fence fencing kind of bit in the way. So if mm. she did decide to to charge you'd have to go around that fence area and, and uh, you know create that more time to get to him so that it is giving you alternatives in for like yeah. certain situations which is good and these are the two ones which i think jesus christ we're pushing it a bit shall we but then you're thinking no 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 no, this is the thing like you've got the ballistic knife which i've never heard of until now which is a knife that acts like a gun yeah it just <laughs> fires the blade out or something fucking hell i didn't even know that was a thing and clearly that's a thing you just shoot and the gun just and the knife just goes right and it says for that one you need about 40 feet right but then it gets even further and then there's a guy with a fucking crossbow unlike the hollywood depiction of the single telegraphed strike most edged weapon attacks against police are much less predictable what's the problem there is no problem here well you can go nobody called let me see your hands hey just just go there's nothing wrong here let me see your hands and step from the porch with this, an offender can control at least 150 feet. If sweep and disengage is not possible, you want to employ the principle of gun. What? <laughs> also, what I love about these, uh, there isn't much ever script, is there, in these reenactments? Uh, no. Because if you notice, a lot of the time when they get asked to get out their ID or license, a lot of the time mm-hmm. they have the same kind of response. Like I played a yeah. clip earlier about the guy saying, here's my license, then gets out a knife. There's another yeah. bit where they just say things like that every time. When you can control the reactionary gap, you create time by creating distance. Time to compute your force options and time to communicate with the potential attacker. Here's my license. Why don't you come get it? Drop the knife. Fuck you. I said... Drop the knife. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they say that. Like, it's like, the, here's your ID right here. And it kind of gets out the, the knife or here's yeah. your license right here. A lot of them just say that same response. Like, they 
you know, they can't write different lines for them. They have to kind of just, it's almost like they're just sort of improvising it. Well, I think, I think it's because um, there is technically a writer to this, but I'm mm. assuming the writer is mostly for the narrator, right? Yeah. His name is John W. Randall, right? And I feel like he was writing mostly for the narrator here. For the scenarios, I bet you what they did was other than maybe giving the, uh, some of the, um, uh, giving them a couple of little bullet points of what they, that needs to be done. Mm. I think what they want to try and do is reinforce um, routine. The idea of saying, cop- like, right, there's a particular way of doing things. There's a particular way of saying things. You need to stick to, almost like stick to the stick to a script. And so the, so, so everyone else is kind of responding to that and hoping, and that's why you have like several times, like, here's your, here's your license and takes out a knife. Like everyone thinks that's a cool response. <laughs> but it's like that kind of thing has been parodied. Cause like, I remember, you remember that movie, uh, Kung Fury? Yes. <laughs> Hey, you got a permit for those guns? I've got your permit right here. And it, the yeah. guy just is your permit right here. And he puts his skateboard under the cop car and just flips the cop car into the sky. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. It basically shows that everyone in that scenario thinks that's a cool line to the point it's now become point of parody. Yeah. This is the thing where I feel like no, I'm, this, this is not going to be political. This not, I'm not going into politics. I know, I know, I'm going to behave. <clears throat> but they lead into describing at some point uh, EDPs yeah. or emotionally disturbed people. Yes. Which is, oh, how can I describe it? Not very sensitive and doesn't really talk about mental health in any capacity other than saying like, basically EDPs are crazy people and they all have knives. No, it definitely <laughs> seems uneducated in terms of mm. like uh, people who are mentally ill. And it, yeah. it again, it's like a, an action movie trying to include mentally disturbed people. And uh, yeah. it's, I've got a clip of that actually, one of those scenes. If I, if I don't kill you, I'm going to kill myself. What you're hearing there is him chopping his finger off. Come on. He chops off his pinky. Come on. You too. Come on. You too. Come on. Come on. You too. Come on. Get the restraints. The baton is not a distractor. Use it to neutralize his delivery system. So yeah, that was like about neutralizing uh, an EDP, wasn't it? Basically, yeah. So basically, they say that, that this is a good thing. I'll, I'll say one thing that's good about this: this movie isn't entirely gun ho. No, right? You don't have to do every situation with your fucking gun. You can have. You can use a baton, and if you're using the baton and use it clever, you can disarm someone and just maybe bruise them without causing any serious harm. And there's a bit with like with the free coppers are coming into what clearly is some kind of mental institution, and a guy is clearly who's clearly unwell he's cutting himself with a with a, with 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 glass slicing his arm then chops up his pinky and then disarms him and it's just like you're thinking this escalated so much it is so graphic when he cuts off his finger it shows everything it is the most it is by far the most gruesome scene in the movie guaranteed they show the whole pinky slice <laughs> oh my god And then you mentioned earlier about like uh, it talks about 
approaching people who were just standing around. Uh, it yeah. goes on to... I've got a clip of that. Go for when it. you can't create or maintain distance, or you have no other choice, you may have to know effective unarmed defence as a last resort. But be aware of extensive misinformation on this subject. Hey, man, what are you doing here? <laughs> standing around. Well, why are you standing here and not on some street corner somewhere? Free country, man. I can stand where I want. Well, I don't like that. I don't let like it. see what's in your hand over here. You got some idea or something? Man? I got something for well, you. Let me see. I got something for you. <laughs> and he guts him. He fucking guts him. And again, the guy's just standing. Okay, look. Okay, I understand. As a police officer, you're supposed to look around for, susp- for suspicious people. But the guy's not doing anything. He's just standing by the railroad track doing fucking nothing. Yeah, but I think it would be suspicious if he was in the middle of nowhere, kind of just waiting. He's obviously waiting to do some kind of deal, isn't he? I guess so. But also it kind of feels like sometimes the way it's approached, because they don't explain it, so they don't... Obviously, this it doesn't need explaining for a copper. That's suspicious as it is. You don't need to go and say, like, you don't need to give the guy standing around some backstory because it's not a movie. It's a training video. Yeah. But you, you kind of feel like... You, you kind of wish there was, like... I'm not saying every character needs a backstory, but I would love it if there was, like, a moment where said, can we... Can, can someone explain this to me, please? <laughs> I know. The, the next, the, this section's great because I've got another clip of where it's basically about sort of when you are in close like, quarters with, uh, with a guy, he's just talking yeah. about defending yourself and stuff. And there's another guy. I love this clip. I'll play yeah. it. Let me see your hands. Knife. Drop the knife. <laughs> One tactical option for close-up self-defense is to forcefully <laughs> sweep and shove the attacker's knife. knife arm away to deflect his attack. Oh, I can't take your hands. Knife! Drop the knife! Knife! There's a knife! There's a knife! It's like, yeah, good, point it out. Oh my god. Yeah, I just thought that's my favourite bit. He sees the knife and he's, he alerts the, the, his partner with, by knife, but I just love it's a squeaky little knife! It's a knife! It's a knife! He's got it! Oh my god. There's some scenes leading on now that are talking about how to defend yourself. How do you defend yourself? Yeah. In just not just from distance, but now I talk about what happens in a certain situation. What happens whether how to like to disin to disarm someone with a knife and so on. Again, kind of fascinating. Not entirely sure if all of it's ethical, but we're running with it. Like, for example, this leads to my favorite scene in the movie. When the two coppers are waiting out, they basically are down at the bottom of the stairs. And uh, and what seems to be the landlord of the place says, um, I've called you up because I'm clearly thinking there's some kind there's some kind of horrible disturbance. I think it might be even be a rape in this uh, in this apartment. <laughs> and so it says, like, we called you because I didn't I, I didn't want to go in. I don't know what was happening there. I called you immediately. And so like, OK, that's smart. What room is it? Whatever it is, they go up. His line delivery is hilarious because he, he, he goes like, yeah, here's key. This, I think there's being, someone being raped in there. There's like, some keys. Here you go. I don't want to get involved. He, like, he delivers it like that. It's great. <laughs> It's so deadpan. It's like saying, we're not going to go into this, right? And like, it's like, look, here's your line. Just go, right? Um, and they go in. They open the door. And then I laughed my ass off when I saw this. It's a fucking satanic cult ritual. It is. Yeah. And she's there just like sort of uh, doing some kind of chant. It's an altar. Yeah. And she's got one of those knives you see in movies that is kind of like a squiggly, squiggly like knife. <laughs> It's. It, it, you think? You, 
Uh, look, watching a training movie for coppers about knife crime, the last thing I expected was a satanic cult ritual. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> Hello, boys. Hello. Lady. Lady, are you okay? What's going on in here? They find this woman in a robe who she's chanting. She takes out the knife. She, she literally puts it above her head like, ah! <laughs> and then just like that. And then the coppers shoot her because they're on the thing. Uh, uh, what I love about it, this is why I mentioned that the production value is surprisingly good because number one, the set, well done for the set. I like the set. It looks great. looks like something slightly realistic-ish. There's, a, there's an Iron Maiden poster on the wall for some reason. You know what? Perfect. Heavy metal. They go and shoot her. And the squibs, the amount of bullets this woman gets is astronomical. It's really, really good. Oh, I know. And then it's it so says, good. still be aware of your situations because a dog comes out. And then yeah. it says, like, how many edge weapons do you see here? And it shows a close-up of the fangs of the dog. It is fucking epic. It's so bizarre because I believe what it is, is I think it's, it's, it's Smens, I believe Smens, it's called. Yeah. Smens, Smens, where the idea is, I hate, this is the thing that terrifies me. The fact that the first thing you would think like it's scan the situation or figure out what to do or evaluate. The first thing you do when someone's running at you with a knife is to shoot. That's the first thing you do. Shoot, shoot first. Okay. You go, you go, you kind of have to go, you've got to go shoot first, then move. Yeah. So, okay. So you don't move first. You shoot first, then move. Then you evaluate the situation. Yeah. Then you're supposed to neutralize the situation. Make sure they're and dead. Then you scan. It's like, is that person dead? Is that person dead? And then you scan the situation. Are you thinking, hmm, some of this should be rearranged, I feel, but I think that Smend is the only closest thing you can get to a good anagram because they use quite a few of these. Yeah, and that's not really a one you'd ever remember. Smends, is it? So it's not usually Smends. you go with a, a word that actually means something. It's not like a made up word. <laughs> Yeah, no, Smend. Or, or, yeah, because they, they, do a, they do a few of these as well. Like they do IWD, which is Intent, Weapon, and Delivery System. And you're thinking, IWD, what's that? That, that, that just sounds like a lubricant, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so they do that. But again, that happens. And then right at the end, it says, scan. Mm. Like you said, the dog comes out. And it's freeze frame. And it's just, I laugh so much. Like, how many edge weapons are there? Are you like, oh my God, are we serious? Wow. Anything's a knife. It, Everything's a knife. But it goes, like, you know, like in true, like, uh, old hammer horror fashion, it zooms in on the dog and kind of goes into, like, a weird kind of, like, uh, colour grade. Like some, yes. like, Zoltan the Hand of Dracula or something. I know! Right after this, literally right after that. Mm. It cuts to what clearly is like an over-elaborate action sequence. Yeah. <laughs> it goes, it cuts to the two police officers just walk into a bar. 
And casually in the back room, like really casually, like really almost obviously, <laughs> right? In the back room, there is um, there is clearly a drug deal going on because people are counting, um, people are sort of counting money and, um, you know, like people are counting money, people are doing that, whatever it is, right? And uh, just getting, and sawing it out and getting knives. The two police officers are getting stopped by clearly someone who is either a patron of the bar, but acting like a hooker. All these, all the women in this movie other than the female police officers are hookers yeah I've, i mean i've got a clip of the hookers like you should, I, it, I love that like again we're going on earlier about the dialogue i love the dialogue yes. in this because it does seem like very improvised and there's a bit yeah. where the copper approaches like prostitutes outside of that kind of area yeah and it's hilarious left hand behind your head oh, okay you hurt me you asshole <laughs> oh so are you <laughs> You're under what arrest. Does that even mean? Yeah, so are you. It's so childish. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? I, lo- I, lo- I love the fact that at the point, the, the prostitute is the prostitute sort of there, and then she she takes out a knife. But the whole point is, you can. It's talking about how to disarm someone, yeah. right? Where you're supposed to grab someone by the wrist with both hands because you're supposed to grab by the wrist and then use that to twist the wrist and 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 try and. And then p- try and pound the the knife out of someone's hand. Yeah, because they're next so to a could, wall, aren't they? So they're saying you can yeah. bash the the hands into the wall yeah. to to drop. So they drop the weapon. Yeah. Yeah, I love the bit afterwards. Like, well, after he does that, I love the line where he mentions it. It's like saying, "Ah, you heard me, you asshole." <laughs> it's like asshole. <laughs> oh, really hurt your knob. <laughs> That's pretty much what he is. that whole pat down sequence how long is that to do a yeah the whole proper intense pat down sequence was like five minutes and i never felt so uncomfortable for anyone in my life they go through everything it turns out this guy's holding three knives Mm. (laughs) on them i'm thinking again you know all right okay if it's it's a gang thing but this this thing this is the guy who at random points actually said like you know this guy doesn't look suspicious at all usually but if you look very carefully turns out he's a martial artist he's a martial arts expert because there's a bit where it says that he's one at one point he's holding two knives in his like clearly like in his house just training on how to stab people with two knives at once yeah and he's like they're like saying it might not be like the obvious isn't it because he's like quite an yeah he's got like a he drives off in a porsche and stuff doesn't he like so he's like a rich guy but he just carries loads of knives yeah and then the pat down happens and that's five minutes of going through every single thing right now i get it's a training video so you want to be pat down like this is these are the things you need to pat down these are the things you need to look into but then some have felt awkward for me like i understand it but it feels awkward. Like, for example, first of all, you pat the coat. Look at the coat. Look at everything else. Check under the coat. Do everything, right? Then take off the belt. Loosen it up a bit. Go around the seams. And I'm like, dude, this is getting really uncomfortable. Yeah, basically, because he's like, he's facing him at like crotch level. Yeah, yeah. Take, take off the belt. Take off the belt. <laughs> take off the belt. Take off the belt. Go around the waistband. Find out if there's anything there. And then they, they, they reiterate again that sometimes they hold blades and fish hooks in their clothing on for this exact reason. So, okay. So you basically says that you need to look first before you touch, which honestly, that's a good advice for anything. Really? Mm. <laughs> Definitely. Five minutes of a man being awkwardly patted down. I know, and he even finds like a razor blade in his wallet, doesn't he? 
So yeah, the guy has four razor blades, and this is the thing that makes me laugh. He basically said, like, anyone who's a, who's an enthusiast or like a knife collector or anyone that's a fan of edged weapons are going to have more than one. Yeah. <laughs> so he's basically saying, like, you can't just be a collector of knives, and you can't just have one knife and claim that you're a fan of knives. No, if you're a fan of knives, you have a fuck ton of knives, <laughs> even razor blades in your goddamn wallet because you can't live without an edged weapon. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's just, I love it. It's just, <laughs> I think I'm broken. I think I'm broken. I just need to calm down. Oh. That, it's too good. It's too I good. I know. And it, it sort of, it, it starts to wrap up around this stage and it starts to go to like the final thoughts from all the interviewees, doesn't it? And we get uh, yeah. James Phillips again, don't we? With his favorite yeah, infamous do. line. Uh, should we yes. play that? Go for it. In my mind, I'm never going to die in no ghetto. Absolutely never. If a man turns around and punches me in the head, the fight's yeah. on. If he cuts me, the fight's on. If I'm shot, the fight is on. I'm not losing no fight. To no scumbag out there in no ghetto. Period. Punch the air. No son of a bitch out there is going to get me. The only way he gets me is cut my head off, and I mean that. I'll fight you till I got a breath left in me. I don't think any of those animals in that street can beat me. I've gone that way for 18 years of street service, street duty. That's the way I'm going to keep on going. You don't lose the fight. So I think because there's so much fear tactics in this movie, they've got him in to like really sort of encourage you to that you can do it. You can like, it it, it works pretty well because he is a tough bastard and he's like, he's not going to like back down ever. And and he's, he's trying to like get that sort of confidence across to the police officers, isn't it? It's it's intense. It's great. It is an intense motivational speech that I didn't expect to happen. The guy is saying like, I will keep on fighting until my head's chopped off like some kind of fucking Highlander. And it's just epic. Right, in between in between this and beforehand as well, the one of the things they mentioned what I love is they talk about what happens when you actually get injured and how you can oh, manage yeah. yourself when you get injured, right? And it leads to what is the poster, the poster or the box art, which is a guy, a police officer goes over to a guy on a motorcycle and the guy on the motorcycle takes out the thing that you use to fill up the gas, yeah. right? And just fucking stabs it through his hat. <laughs> Right? Which is one I never suspected you could even do that. Apparently, it says, if you have, uh, the narrator always says this if you have enough force, anything can stab you. It's like, fucking hell. And so he does that. And then the rest of the scenes are actually really, really well done. And I have to say this, and this is really wrapping up to the end anyway. A lot of the scenes are surprisingly well done in terms of how they're executed, how they look, even adding drama to the mix. Cause there's, um, like for example, looking at the guy who just got stabbed by the fucking petrol thing, he's tr- he's he's struggling to hold the gun. But he's saying like, but one of the things like, if you keep your cool, if you keep your cool, you're already triggering, you're already like de detriggering what the guy wants, mm. right? Which is if you are shouting and screaming, I'm in, I am in pain, which most people would, yeah, right. If you try and hold that back until the situation is over, right. It means that you're already sort of taking down the enemy a little bit, right? You're basically, because what they want, they want you to show weakness and pain. At any time during an edged weapon assault, accept the fact that you may get cut. You will bleed, 
and feel pain. But if you're prepared for this injury, you can surprise your enemy by not losing your cool when he expects you to do so. And all of these are fascinating. Some of it's like really intense shit. Like there's a bit where a guy, where like, like, uh, basically how to hold how to survive puncture wounds like there's a bit where there's a female officer and she gets her notepad and she puts it underneath her arm where she's getting stabbed to hold the clot there's another one where a guy is getting stabbed in the leg and he has to move his leg up while still pointing a gun at the guy on the ground saying like you don't move you motherfucker and then there's another one which oh my god this one's the best where um where basically the guy has a stomach puncture so he's lying on the ground stomach first to hold it from bleeding out holding holding a gun at the guy and basically goes and tells the guy who's about to grab a knife says don't even think about it because if you do i will shoot you <laughs> like holy shit i mean these are straight out of lethal weapon you expect like Riggs and murtar to appear like at any moment and help him <laughs> i know this feels like a full-blown police drama action movie and i am invested I am invested in, I say, I want these guys to live. These guys are great. These guys are surviving. They are awesome action people. (laughs) James is not the where the movie ends. Where does it end? We lead into, there's a guy that's, he's a very emotional guy, actually. He obviously had a traumatic time. And we haven't played a lot of clips from him because he actually is a serious cut. They are serious bits, and you do yeah. really feel for the guy because he, he was he had some horrible sort of uh, knife incidents. But we we end on him. But the reason why I'm playing mm. this clip is because uh, he gets the final line, which leads into this very twee training mu- movie music, which is excellent. Yeah, just just don't take a knife uh, for granted. <clears throat> it's a big mistake. It's a really, really big mistake. My God. It might be the worst mistake of your life. Might be the last one you're ever able to make. (laughs) My God, it ends there. This music is gold, though. It it reminds me so much of trading movies, like old trading movies. Oh, it it, it reminds me of any kind of training montage. In any movie ever. And it's amazing. But that's the thing. It's contradicted by the fact that the officer, who I think his name is Mickey Dawes, I believe it yeah. is. Uh, he is crying at this point because he's realizing how people are. You shouldn't be. You don't take knife crime for granted. It could nearly kill you. Right. And so tears are going down his face. He's really crying. He's going full hog. And then this shows up. I know. And they really do a slow creep zoom on his tears, don't they? Like a right yes. up to his face. Yeah, like, it's oh. like the director's going, oh, yeah, I want to, I want to see this up close. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we, 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 oh, this is gold. This is gold. He's crying. He's crying. So basically people are like, make sure you get the tears. <laughs> oh, God. The glistening the movie, in the light. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful and so sad. I get, I actually like this as an ending. In, uh, like at least having him being the last interview rather than James Phillips because James Phillips would have maybe been a bit too much like saying yeah we we don't have to fight we're, we're all right we can do it but then bringing back to the reality and saying look this is fucking serious right yeah James Phillips is the macho's man ever but there's but then you've got this guy who is really traumatized by it don't be traumatized by this be careful be prepared you don't want to be traumatized like this guy so just Fucking hell. And the movie ends 
in the most epic way, in, in that way. And then long list of credits, which is mostly just thanking all the police officers, thanking everyone from the fire department, thanking everyone from the film crew, thanking everyone for doing this and educating the movie uh, and, and educating the, the, the police officers. And it just ends. Yeah. It's quite beautiful, really. Uh, but yeah, that, my friend, it's Surviving Edged Weapons. The first documentary we have done on the trash tapes. The first training video done on the trash tapes. And the first movie so cult that there is barely any information on it. However, thank God for the internet. Because it is now in, it's now technically a movie in the public domain. So in other words, then, you can find it on YouTube now. The whole thing. Yeah. So, without basically ruining my prediction, um, I think it's time we put our knives right into the Trashometer. Trashometer. If this is the first time you have joined us, welcome. Uh, but we we do we, we do review things a little bit different around here. We don't do star ratings or A to Z or A to F. No, we go through something called the trashometer. The trashometer basically is five tiers of trash, right? So we go through each of them. We play and we find out where in the spectrum this movie would fall under. Tame means that we actually found it quite boring. It's not really that enjoyable. We we kind of feel like there wasn't anything re- relatively trashy about it, right? Then you've got tiny bit trash. Tiny bit trash means we are enjoying it, but we feel like it could be even more. It could be better. It, there are moments of there's moments of glory, but not enough. Trash is the sweet spot. It is the golden goose. It is the it is the sharpest tool in the shed, right? You then go into too trashy. Too trashy means we're really enjoying it, but we're starting to get a little bit frustrated with it. There's things that are starting to annoy us. There's things that are starting to get on our nerves, but we still had a good time. And then there is torture. Torture is the worst of the worst. There is quite literally nothing fun about this anymore. We are more angry at the movie rather than enjoying ourselves. And so, Ed, where should you, where do you think we should put Surviving Edged Weapons on the trash? I don't even, I don't know about you, I don't even need to think about it. It's perfect trash. Yeah. Is it right? It's bang in the middle. There's nothing, there's not like bits where, oh, it's too much. The too much bits are brilliant. So the the violence and stuff is great. It's but perfect amount. And then you've got like lots of stuff balancing it out. It's perfectly paced. You find it hilarious, but you also, you kind of entertain by it. It's, It's just a perfect example of trash. I agree. This movie balances being educational, yeah. right, and downright exploitative. It is a movie that doesn't know whether it wants to be conservative or over the top. It doesn't know whether it wants to be a cinematic masterpiece or a down and gritty uh, drama. It doesn't know what it wants and also is everything at the same time. And it's and it's a movie that I was I was engaged for the entirety of the 85 minutes. I have never, in any of the movies we have done, have never felt so, like, on the edge of my seat than anything we've done before. I've never been this excited. I've enjoyed too much. It was just very exciting. Really exciting. I... It's too, it's it's exciting. It's educational. It is funny. It is dramatic. It's got... It's shot... There's some scenes in there that are better shot than half and some of the movies we have watched on this show. And and it's like what we've always tried to express, like the humour in it. it, It's it's like it isn't 
he isn't self-aware at all. So that's great. I love the f- no. he's so un- unintentionally funny, like the the, the, the humor in it. Which and I love that. That's what mm. we always try and find, isn't it? In terms of humor in our movies. Yeah, and the thing is, and the thing is, is even more so. You know, this was had to be taken seriously because it's not a movie; it's a training video for police officers. You, the last thing you want to do for that is to be light-hearted and be nudge, nudge, wink, wink. No, this is serious. So everything just works perfectly. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Surviving Edged Weapons is one of the perfect trash films. There we go. Thank you. It's been a while since we've had a proper trash movie, actually. They they don't come around. They're little golden eggs, aren't they? They are they they are the golden eggs. They are the golden eggs, which is why I always say, and when you find a golden egg, you want to preserve it forever. And so I'm kind of glad we finally got this one on the list. I've been wanting to do this one for a while, but I'm trying to find I wanted to find out where we could slot it in. And after Mac and me being such a dumpster fire, I think we needed this just to feel better about ourselves. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Oh, this was this was a lot of fun. And I'm kind of glad. Actually, this is the thing. I might do at some point, speaking of plugs, at some point in, I might do a video at some point where we go through all the movies we've done so far and put them on a tier list. Because I feel like the list has gone quite long right now to the point that I can't remember if everyone actually knows where they all land in the trash arbiter. Mm. Yeah, totally, yeah. Speaking of all that, we are going to, this is the time where we do our plugins. In other words, anything we're doing or anything we're walking about or anything that's been going on on, on the socials or anything else, we mention it now. Now, one thing that's brand spanking new to both of us, we're entering a whole new world. Speaking of uh, the things we've done, we have, we have literally, we have bitten the bullet. We have finally got it and jumped into it. We're on TikTok now. <laughs> and My I was God. saying to you, are we too old for this shit? I'm probably Danny Glover comments. <laughs> but I was then I thought, sort of... you know what? Even if we are, I'm going to go for it and utilize it because people are using it. It seems like a good platform to get yeah. to reach people. So let's let's just try it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So we both went on it. I mean, I I had a TikTok account for a while, but never used it. And the reason why I've never used it is because I sat there for the first day going, I need to know what all the kids are doing. So I sat down and watched it. And I watched a couple of videos for a few minutes. I sat there going, this is so not for me. I don't get any of these videos at all. What are these jokes? I know. Well, the thing is, <laughs> is well, it's, it's kind of like with algorithms. They don't know what you like. So it's when you go on there and you've not used it enough, it's just showing you the worst stuff that you hate like the popular stuff yeah. that a load of kids have made this this is why thanks to thanks to our, uh, our education in in surviving edge weapons we should we have to go into tiktok with a machete <laughs> and start cutting through all the weeds so we get the stuff we want well we're going to be using our tiktoks a little bit differently we're going to be using it to promote our sort of like our stuff i'll on my one which is johan trash tapes you should be able to uh just follow me on there and you'll get sort of exclusively little like tidbits of stuff for the trash tapes and i assume on your one which is harvey retro yours is going to be all based on the on the enigmatic yeah, stuff yeah? i just released um a review of body snatchers from 1993 like it's an underrated really mm. underrated version of body snatchers and i did a little clip on tiktok and on instagram just sharing uh, little bits from that review and uh yeah so yeah. I- i'm definitely going to use it to promote the enigmatic content on the main channel but also I'm just going to go with it and just put all kind of random stuff on there because 
it's, it's a weird time at the moment. You can sh- I shared a video of me miming to Slayer on on Instagram Reels, and it got over three thousand views instantly. <laughs> so, what? <laughs> so wow. just miming to a like a song that you like can really reach people. So you may as well just go with it sometimes. But that's what TikTok was originally yeah. for. Like TikTok was originally just for hey, mime a video, why don't you? Or sing to a video. Or great, that was originally what TikTok was, and now it's evolved into this. But yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we might as well both explore this strange new world that is TikTok. As long as, although I do tell you something, tell me to stop it if suddenly I'm falling into like some kind of dance craze. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm suddenly doing a dance craze, I want you to come up to me and say, "Boy, buddy." You I'll, I'll tell you what, though, okay. I, I don't know if someone's already done it or not, but either one of us should like make a video saying, "Now this is TikTok," and show that robot from uh, Return to Oz, and just do like some kind of dance oh video God. with TikTok. <laughs> I would not be surprised. That is terrifying. That's a terrifying robot, by the way, people. My God. But yeah, um, yeah. So that's what we've been doing. Realistically, uh, obviously, there's the usual stuff that we do. But our invention to TikTok is the newest thing at the minute. So find us, find us on that, join in, and get some exclusive content. Cool. So yeah. Mm. So yeah, there we go. Right. So that is that was the end. That so that's the end of the episode. We have covered surviving edged weapons. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us on that little epic adventure. Now to tease what we're going to do next episode let's just say that it is Wrestlemania season yeah because it's Wrestlemania season we kind of need to cover a wrestling movie yeah so we're going I'm not going to tell you which one it is so you need you need to tune in to find out but let's just say the Hulkster's back and we're ready to go so ladies and gentlemen get that get that get that into your pipe and smoke it ladies and gentlemen so so until next time keep an eye on your trash there might be some treasure in there Adios. See you later, guys. listening to this podcast episode and hope you enjoyed it if you did please share it around with movie lovers you know maybe add a star rating or write a good review all of this helps with the algorithm and provides us with more opportunities to reach the ears to a whole new bunch of bad film fanatics want to find out more about us then head over to our socials where we provide sneak peeks and up-to-date news on everything nostalgic and trashy. You can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages in the description. So please, follow us. See you next time, cinephiles.